0: And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where
1: I pick the podcast. And I shop my cake hole. And today we are going to be talking about the 11th episode of Season 4 of Supernatural, Family Remains. Jamie, what did you think?
0: Okay, so I can confirm. The brain worms have not come for my eyes. (laughs) I can still recognize when Supernatural is so dark that I can't fucking see anything. (laughs) Because like 90% of this episode, like I understand that they're in a house. It's at night. I still couldn't see anything. And even when it was meant to be, like, inside with, like, the lights on, I still couldn't see anything. I was, like, I watched it this morning. My blind was down. My light was off in my bedroom. Like, I couldn't see anything. This episode was so dark. And it feels really weird to say that because, like, so far this season, like... It's
1: not been that bad. It hasn't
0: been, like, oh, my God, stellar lighting. Like, I adored it. Yeah. Like, there have been some moments that had really nice lighting, but it hasn't been, like, generally, like, really... But like. It felt like I was going back to season one for a yeah. minute there.
1: I look, I, I think that there's something to be said for the fact that this episode, they were clearly leaning into the, like, tropiness of, like, general, like, yeah. B-list horror movies kind of thing. Or even actually, like, A-list, you could probably mm. say horror movies. Because, like, The Conjuring, I think, yeah. like, that kind of vibe. Like, clearly they were leaning into that sort of stereotypical vibe of a horror movie. And yes, it was at night, and yes, they were in a basement or inside the walls of a house for a lot of it. But I will concede that I was also watching this episode this morning with my blinds down, with the brightness turned up, and I could see my own reflection in the uh, computer monitor. So I I will concede it was a bit dark.
0: (laughs) I stand by the reasoning,
1: but you're not wrong.
0: (laughs) I understand logically why they were like, oh yeah, we'll make this a dark episode, but my issue is...
1: You need to be able to see it.
0: I still need to be able to see it. Like, yes, that,
1: your opinion on the lighting is at this point very well documented. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's um, it's no secret. I haven't been subtle about <laughs> my
1: opinions on the lighting. Mm. And to be fair, you shouldn't be. A lot of the time, it's not great. Okay, lighting aside, though, of what you could see of the episode, what were what were your thoughts? Anything jump out at you? Okay, I just want to say. That house is house goals. Like
0: obviously not the two creepy children living in, in the walls, walls yeah. But like the porch, right? And like the color, yeah. And like the siding and like the shut.
1: Yes, it looks like straight out of The Sims. I know? love that. Like, right? I also love it. I love the, I love the style of house. Yeah, and it's not one that we really get here in no. like Australia. It's very much like an Americanized, yeah. or at least from what I've I, seen, it's like a very American style house. I have a question about not just the house, but the premise. Yeah. And I... This, again, is like a horror movie trophy thing. Yeah. It comes up a lot. It I literally a lot wrote a note, like, they're the white family in a horror movie. Like. Exactly. Exactly. Like, even the dog. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even... Actually, a moment of silence for a buster. R.I.P. You will be missed. You will, you will be. You will be missed. But you're in... Heaven. And you forgot another dog in Supernatural. Oh, my God, I did. Oh, I... Shit. Okay, i really just to start keeping a list, but it's okay. He's up in he's up in doggy heaven with uh, Rumpford now, Bobby's dog from season mm. one. So and also Dean. And you know what, Jamie? <laughs> you don't know how relevant that is. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So I the, the reason I want to ask about this is because it's something that has always confused me across all sort of horror media. This this concept that people who live in the city or in suburbia decide that they need a fresh start for whatever reason. In this instance, obviously, their eldest son died, and obviously there was a lot of trauma and unrest in the household surrounding that. They decide they want a fresh start. The marriage council is like, what could possibly go wrong in the country? Bitch, a lot! A lot could go wrong in the country. I don't understand why people in these films, and I understand a fresh start, I get it, you know, I fully understand that concept. What confuses me is why your fresh start would entail moving to an isolated location away from your entire social network. How is that going to help you emotionally cope with the trauma that your family has been through? Like, oh yeah, I'm going to uproot my children from the school that they're used to, the friendships they've built, and it's also not like they're just like moving outside of the town where they used to live. Yeah. Like
0: they that said, moving four hundred thousand miles. miles or some fucking shit like that. Like, yeah,
1: like I think it was I think it was four hundred miles. Four hundred miles. It's That's not a
0: small move.
1: Exactly. It's not like I'm just moving to the next town over or I'm Mm -hmm. moving, you know, within the same township. Like, and can you... Okay, so right now, we live like five minutes from each other, right? You're going to move essentially, eventually, once your house is finished being built. You will still be five minutes from my house. In fact, you will actually be closer to me. Mm -hmm. Because that's exactly why I chose... That location. should be closer to me. Oh, stop it. Sorry, (laughs) I'll just slowly like hop closer (laughs) and closer closer to your neighbours. Yeah. You're you're moving and it's still a fresh start in a new house, in a new area, but it's still within your social, Hmm. like, support system. It's not like they're just moving
0: like a 30-minute drive away.
1: Exactly. And so, like, with the exception of the thing that you are trying to get a fresh start from, being your, like, your social network, I don't understand why you, at a moment of turmoil, would want to put distance between yourself and the people who should be helping you and supporting you right now. And it comes up all the time. And this is actually my guess for your PSA as well, which is that if you are going through a difficult time, you should not isolate yourself. You should reach out to those who are around you, who love you, and who will support you during this time. Because isolating yourself is only going to lead to being murdered by people living in your walls. (laughs) you're wrong that's not my PSA but it does lead lovely into
0: my PSA for the the day so my PSA for the day is if you're going to buy a farm you need to know proper farm management do not buy land that you do not know how to care for yeah because buying two acres of land is not a small investment if you're going to invest in a property that's also a farm make sure you know how to run a farm or you have intentions of bringing someone on to run the farm, at like least she's talking. Watch
1: a YouTube tutorial. Like, My God,
0: <laughs> she's sitting at the table. She's like, "What? The soil's too acidic for beets. Yeah, but it's good for zucchinis." And
1: like she's like, "This is the most confusing thing I've ever read." I'm like, "Is it? Is it?" Like, I think that's pretty straightforward. Like you, but also you, you what did they have on the land before?
0: Like <laughs> what? What was the previous owner's growing? Like I, I do you
1: know what? Or but they. Know, I don't know if it's actually a farm or if it's just a property. Well, see, it's
0: on two acres.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a farm. It could just be that they're looking to set up a vegetable patch kind of thing. Like, and I would get that. Or maybe there's an existing patch that just wasn't in use because, let's be real, the guy who died at the beginning of this episode... Whether big Jackson will get back to that later. Yeah, big Jackson will get back to that later. But he didn't. I mean, we we barely got anything about him. But I don't. He didn't strike me as the veggie patch type. So who who knows? But yes, the thing about the vegetables have confused me because I thought maybe it's just me, but I I would have thought that's a relatively simple concept. <laughs> like it's like fish. You you test the pH in your fish tank to make sure you're not going to kill your fucking fish. It's the same, but it's a vegetable, and you just you just either use something to adjust the pH, or you just accept that you can't grow that thing in that vegetable patch. I don't think it's that complicated, but I don't know. Maybe maybe she's just stressed. Maybe she's just stressed. She's just moved four hundred miles
0: from her but also, social yeah, network. I either you do that research before you move, or you move, you settle in, and then you do the research. Why are you doing it like on the night? When you're trying to also move in. It's like, yeah.
1: Actually, good point. Babe, <laughs> that's okay. You can
0: take something off your plate. Like, if you're not pre-prepared and you don't want to hit the ground running in terms of, like, getting stuff planted almost immediately, give yourself a couple of days at least. Yeah,
1: give yourself a week. like, like Two weeks if you Let want. yourself unpack. Like, it's fine. Yeah, right? You have like, just moved across the country with two children, right? Like, literally, and literally that same night, she's saying to her kid, Danny, have you finished unpacking? I'm like, it's day one. And you just said that you drove 400... Aren't you tired? Like, fuck. Like, I... Look, I I fully... This episode, it really, really is that stereotype horror movie trope, They really lent into it. Except that it's kind of like a fan fiction. And the reason I say this is because it is 100% a horror movie trope episode. But it makes Sam and Dean feel like self-insert characters. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it feels like someone went on AO3 Mm. and, like, rewrote The Conjuring, but Sam and Dean are also there. Mm. And I kind of love it.
0: Look, I don't know. I don't know if I sort of felt that, but it just, it definitely felt like Sam and Dean were like kind of out of place. Like it was just like
1: vaguely like. Yeah, I think it's because we get so much more of a POV from the family that we yeah. usually do. Like normally we stick very closely with Sam and Dean, mm. and this episode we actually see a fair bit of the family interacting in their absence. Yeah, which is um relatively unusual. Yeah, for, for the way that the episodes usually run.
0: I will say that I hated the
1: twist. That the twist was like, oh, she had a brother. Like, yeah, I always forget. I've seen this episode a few times and I always fucking forget that that happens, like right at the end. It's like, because here's the thing
0: in the diary,
1: it's well documented. Like
0: Sam literally says all she writes about is being pregnant. It's well documented. One child. Why wouldn't there be at least a mention in the diary of being pregnant twice? You know what I mean? I assume they were twins. You assume they were twins. Yeah. But even then Sam says it's her daughter because he's read in the diary that she had a daughter. Oh. Surely if she wrote about her daughter
1: she would have also written about her son whether or not whether or not she specified that she had a daughter or if she ever actually wrote about the babies because the whole thing in the diary was that she was ashamed of being pregnant and it was like a whole emotional thing which obviously because of the assault that occurred at least circling back to
0: that big yikes the now? big
1: yikes yeah. yeah i think we kind of have to
0: I feel like we shouldn't have to say this, but just to be perfectly clear, we, we, we're we against incest.
1: Yeah, we've got a pretty strong anti-incest opinion. I don't think <laughs> we need to explain more than that. But yeah, that was a pretty big fucking yikes. And uh, the thing that does confuse me about this episode, I, I always just assumed that they were twins. And that I never really thought much about it. I can understand it being yeah. a bit weird because Sandra the diary. you would think she would mention at some point that she had two children. Yeah. But I want to know... At what point post birth did she? This being Rebecca, the mother, yeah. did she die? Because mm. like he can't have just left an infant down in the basement and no. been dropping it food through the fucking yeah. dumbwaiter. So someone had to have been looking after these kids until at least like three or were, four years old. I yeah, said. until they were at least old enough that they could like eat by themselves. Yeah, you know. And so I I do wonder like at what point she. Died because it's. I feel like unclear. they said
0: twenty-one years ago
1: is the yeah twenty. But was it was it that her? I think that's what the maid said. Because I was going to say I thought it was, and I I could go back and double check, but I thought it was that his being the guy who died at the beginning of the episode. I don't actually know what his name was, but he let's call him Ben. If Ben Ben's wife, I was died, going to call him McGee. Do you know what? That's better. So, fuckface McGee, his wife dies
0: in (laughs) childbirth. Yeah,
1: and that was fifty
0: odd years ago. We know this because Sam and Daisy can say that if it was the daughter, the daughter would be fifty odd.
1: Okay, because then I thought that she killed herself twenty years later. Like I thought the maid said that fuckface McGee's wife died in childbirth, and then his daughter killed herself twenty years later.
0: So, which would mean that she's been dead for thirty years, which would make the children at least. 30 at least yeah because if she has to have had the kids before she, herself and i don't that's, know that's how it works you can't <laughs> and then have two kids yeah it doesn't, like that
1: generally speaking yeah well look i've got to be honest with you mm, there is an episode <laughs> god there is an episode damn where this someone fucking does stupid show someone does Kill themselves and then they do proceed to have a baby. So I, I'm fucking done. I, that's not a few seasons. That's not for a while. That's in the latter, latter season. This show makes choices, <laughs> <laughs> actually, and I don't like them. That's fair. You're entitled to that. I also did not like that scene. That that scene actually, when we get to it, I will pre warn you because I I was not prepared mm. to. It was quite a gruesome visual but anyway that's for like 10 seasons from now so we'll get it we'll get there but we'll yeah like fucking Anti Christ, or some shit like that
0: like <laughs> you will have to, to stop in the bag. you will have to
1: wait and see so yeah no i i don't understand how the ages work in this particular episode i can't figure out unless the daughter was not an adult when she had the kids
0: which is it, that's possible. Absolutely possible. It's possible that she had the kids at, like, 15, 16. Yeah. And then, like, four years later she killed herself. But the children do not look like they're 30s. No. They look like they're 20s, which is why I assumed that it was, like, they meant that the daughter killed herself 20 years ago. Yeah.
1: Which could be the case. It made Because it- then the
0: daughter would have been 30-odd when
1: she died, but, like, the kids would be younger. They would be. Yeah. Look, it is well established that I can't do maths so it might just be that i'm misconceptualizing something here but i yeah i don't quite understand how that whole scenario went down because yeah you can't just have a kid in a basement like even you can't even do that in the sims let alone in real life you can't just leave an infant there so you know even if you're dropping them food they can't feed themselves they can't change themselves they can't do anything so yeah i i assume that she must have been around or that he was taking better care of them up until a certain point. Yeah. But
0: then, But then it also is implied that she never saw the kids. Like, that was kind of the point of having them in the walls, that you didn't see the kids. Yeah. Look, this entire episode is just full of fucking
1: plot holes. It's very confusing. It It's very confusing. And
0: I don't know... It just doesn't make a lot of sense, the timeline they've laid out. Yeah. And I th- think is... Like it's maybe not a plot hole. Plot hole because not not many people are actually thinking about it as hard. Yeah. But like also, <laughs> I feel like they should have at least had a vague idea of the plot line of. Like, I want a timeline. For you this know, episode. fuckface McGee marries his wife. You know, two years later, she dies in childbirth, and then you know, sixteen years later, the daughter that was from Rebecca, Rebecca, who the mother died in childbirth, like the father gets her pregnant. Whatever year later, the twins are born or whatever and then like four years later she kills herself because her father shamed her for having a child because she's a slut but he raped her so that doesn't really like the logic doesn't track for fuckface mcgee
1: (laughs) i'm sorry it's such a serious topic but fuckface mcgee is just such a funny name
0: (laughs) but like you, you know what i mean like it's like but it doesn't like the timeline of, like, the dates they've given us don't really make sense. Unless we're missing something Unless we Which we
1: could be, to yeah. be fair. We're not always the most astute. No. Maybe, maybe I
0: missed a line of dialogue or something that clarifies the timeline. But it just doesn't seem like... And then, yeah, then the people who are in the walls who are killing people, they, to me,
1: they seem more like they're, like, 20. Yeah, like, I wouldn't have thought 30. Although, to be fair... Being, like, obviously they're not Without, getting their proper nutritional yeah. requirements. They're not getting sunshine. Yeah. Like, the likelihood of their growth being stunted and them yeah. appearing smaller in stature and having it off proportions and, like, all these things. And also no sun to age their skin. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's true. And they're not going to get crow's feet because I'm assuming they're not laughing at all. Mm. Oh, that's depressing. I mean, not that the situation wasn't depressing, but, like, anyway. <laughs> they're a bit like Sam and Jean. They've never experienced joy. <laughs> Good lord. Okay. You're welcome. Anyway, did you have anything that you wanted to touch on regarding the, I guess, the plot of this episode? We've basically just explained it in great detail and much confusion, but this is a pretty standalone episode. So there's not a whole like up until the very end, like the last two minutes, we don't really get anything that's going to be like ongoing. Okay,
0: so that was. I think that's all of the shit I wanted to touch on for the plot. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. Like, it's a standard horror movie plot. There are people living in the walls. Plot twist there is not just one, there's two, et cetera et cetera et cetera, not ghosts blah 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 it's the it's a human episode of the season, very boring personally. there are a couple of like things specifically regarding like Sam and Dean that I want to discuss in this episode,, yeah. but they're not really like main plot related, yeah. so maybe if you've got anything else main plot related.
1: I share them, and then
0: we'll move on to my points that I want to make about Sam and Dean specifically, and not
1: main plot related. No, perfect. I pretty much have finished everything. This particular plot, I don't not like this episode, but it is one of those ones. It's very forgettable. Yeah. It's it's one of those ones. It's like roadkill for me. It's like, yes, me. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, It's a plot, I guess. I agree. I do like that they occasionally have an episode where they're like, the real people. The
0: real monster was humans, humans all along.
1: And so I do like that. This episode in particular, I I've mentioned a couple of times, generally speaking, outside of like supernatural and maybe like a couple of other choice pieces of media, I'm not a horror fan, generally yeah. speaking. So this particular plot, personally for me, was not one that I love. I don't like the kind of cheesy, perfect American suburban family I like I just, yeah. that it doesn't appeal to me. I don't find it that interesting. And even like their deep, dark, sacred is like their son died in a car accident, which is like I'm like comparatively with the like, deep dark secrets yeah. we've got elsewhere in this show. It f- kind of feels like not nothing, no. obviously, but obviously it,
0: it's a traumatic event. But the way they framed it was like, first off, they they frame it like for me, I like the way they were talking about it was like maybe they it was killed like killed someone, <laughs> or, or maybe it was like a baby, and like it had been like Sids or something. Okay, yeah, you know what I mean, like something that was like you, they kind of like they, it wasn't their fault, but they kind of feel responsible for because like this yeah. is a human being that. But like, or, like, more, if one of them had caught being in the car Or been the accident. driver yeah. in the car. But, like, the way they framed it was he went and got himself killed in a car accident. Yeah, they kind of
1: blamed their kid,
0: which was a which weird is like, way to put it. Considering the rest of the episode, they sort of frame it as, like, they feel guilty mm-hmm. for, like, the secret that they're not talking about. And then for the family to frame it as, like, oh, no, he got himself killed in a car accident, implying to me at least that either – he got in the car with someone who he knew he shouldn't have gotten in the car with yeah. or he was driving.
1: Yeah. And he
0: caused it. Yeah. So it's like, for me, they sort of, it they treat it like it's this big, deep, dark secret. And it's like, no, it's.
1: I wonder, and obviously you
0: don't think of it as a deep, dark secret because you framed it as, you know, like.
1: I, I wonder, I know that Americans and Australians have really, really different cultural relationship with alcohol. mm And I'm wondering if maybe it was a drink driving situation. Because I think Mm. that that might explain the, like, oh, well, he got himself in a car accident kind of thing. Like, maybe Mm. he was drinking irresponsibly and driving. I know that, like, what we would consider here casual drinking in the U.S. can be considered, like, heavy drinking, you know. And so whether maybe there is some resentment somewhere there regarding that's that's sort of what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to get at. Maybe
0: I wasn't making my point clear. They frame it as he got himself killed, which to me implies, like, he was drink driving, he was driving irresponsibly. Like, he, for some reason, he was at fault for the car accident. Like, yeah. somehow, you could blame him. But the rest of the episode seems to
1: frame it as, like, they feel guilty. Yeah, so I'm wondering if maybe they're blaming each other or themselves for like maybe they had an argument and then like he went
0: and did something reckless but then it seems weird to me that they frame it like that for the entirety of the episode and then have that one line that was like oh no actually we're placing the blame on him
1: yeah like that sort of bizarre kind of flip yeah it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me either and it does feel it's quite jarring
0: yeah because yeah. yeah, the rest of the episode, it's sort of, it's really heavily framed as, like, this thing that they feel kind of, like, ashamed of, mm-hmm. or, like, responsible for, and then they just give that one line that's not even neutral. It's very much like, oh, no, he got himself killed. Yeah, he did It's this. not, he died in a car accident. Yeah. It's not...
1: Or well, he got killed. It's, yeah. He got he himself killed. killed. Like, yeah. it's a very
0: specifically placing the blame on him, but... Considering the rest of the episode, like it very much seems like they feel responsible for his death.
1: Yeah. It's like
0: it just it was very
1: weird to me that in that one line they were like, oh no, it was. We're gonna place the blame. But in in saying this, I do want to touch on the fact that they don't believe their kids when their kids keep telling them that there is like someone in the walls. I'm like, this seems like a very specific thing that now both of your children are talking about. I feel like maybe you should at least also independently. Yeah like at least fucking humour them, you know? And like do the thing where you're like, oh yeah, I'll check your closet for monsters. Like at least do that. But they're like, no, you're being ridiculous. But, like, I get it. Like kids will lie. I kids will, like, muck around. Kids will pull pranks. I get it. But also like Especially your ones- children independently of each other have come to you about the same thing
0: in this brand new house that you haven't been in for very long, so there could be things about this house that you don't know. Yeah. And even if you don't think it's a girl in the in the walls. In the walls, or, like, a ghost or whatever. It could be fucking rats or something. Like, they yeah, could be hearing
1: something that exactly. could be... Exactly. Of, of importance. Yeah. You anyway, know, anyway. And I what gets me the is they're, they're very
0: adamant. Like, there's nothing wrong with the house. There's nothing wrong with the house. We had contractors in here. They checked out the house. There's nothing wrong with the house. But the contractors didn't find all of the fucking passages and shit in the walls.
1: I think that the... I think that that is just a thing in, like, old buildings, that they must just have quite big gaps. Because that comes up a lot... In, like, horror films and stuff, it's always the old houses. They're always old farmhouses, and there's always just big gaps. So I don't know if it's just, like, a choice that has been made specifically for horror movies to make that horrific situation, like, possible. Yeah. Or if it's just that style of house, for some reason, has those massive gaps, maybe for, like, insulation or something. But even then, if it was for insulation, you'd think they'd be filled with something. Insulation. insulation. Yeah. So maybe it's for something like, you know, how they had the dumbwaiters. Like, yeah. maybe it's for that sort of. To allow room for that sort of setup. Yeah. Who knows? We're we're not the people. But it's still
0: really weird to me. Like, and, like, mind you, like, it's not like they're just the normal, like, thick walls. Like, there is, like, full-on, like, holes <laughs> <columns. laughs> and shit. Like...
1: Yeah, like the hole you know, in the floor. that, like, Although that looks kind of carved, so yeah. maybe that was put in specifically for the purpose of them being able to move around a bit. Look, Lord knows. But, like, they've
0: had a contractor, and normally, on an old building like that, when you... Check it out to make sure it's safe to live in. You check to make sure like the beams and shit aren't rotting.
1: But you'd have to check the turn Yeah. Stuff. I do want to talk about the camera angles from the very start of the episode. I really like them. Just the fact that you get a lot of like POV that is yeah. set from above. So it's like it's almost like the POV of the cornices. Yeah. We also get a couple from like inside the wall, like looking through air vents and stuff. And I do really like it. It felt very it. it it was a change up from the usual kind of shot that we get in the show mm. and it does make it feel like the brothers are being watched. Yeah. More so than it we usually get the vibe of if they're just investigating a house. Normally it's just we get them the usual, you know, shots of them and this time it, because of the different perspective and because of the way those perspectives were placed, it really felt like they were being observed and I really thought it was quite effective. I don't really have any other notes on it, but I wanted to point it out because it was different and I didn't think it worked quite well. Yeah. I also think that, yeah, the, the it really does portray, like, the, the vibe of being watched, you mm-hmm. know? like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will point out as well, this was a Jeremy Carver episode that was directed by Phil Screzia, so there are names that are recurring, and as we know, Jeremy Carver ends up being showrunner for a couple of
0: seasons as well. Oh, there is one other little point that I kind of want to make about the main plot, which is I was so excited... The, the, the uncle dude's like, oh, salt, so what? And I was like, oh my god, we're gonna get some exploited, like, and he, he, specifically asked, like, can we, like, is it, does that have to be shot salt? salt? I'm like, yeah. we're gonna get some more salt science. <laughs> and then we got none of it. And I was, I felt robbed. I was like, we're gonna get some specific, like, details <laughs> so about like, what
1: sort finally. of. Finally four seasons in, I'm gonna learn something about salt.
0: (laughs) Other than the shit that they tell us all the time, which is, like, it's a sign of purity and it repels spirits. Like, I was like, we're gonna get some specific detail. We're gonna learn a thing. And then...
1: Nothing. Yeah. And then it didn't even work in this episode. No. it wasn't even a ghost. Yeah. Wow. That's just the way... I was was let
0: down. I was 100% let down. Like, so...
1: I can't believe Jeremy set you up like that. I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) Anyway, sorry, that was all I wanted to talk about, the main plot. There are obviously other things that we need to talk about in this episode, but that was my main plot stuff done. Do you have any other main plot stuff that you'd like to do? Um, I Or can I derail the conversation completely?
1: So I think the only other things that are related to main plot that I wanted to talk about, I've got two very small points, and then everything else relates specifically to Sam and or Dean discussion, and that's what yeah. you sort of said you want to focus on, yeah, yeah. so I will leave them and come back. Okay. My two little tiny points are, first of all, when Danny is playing with the girl in the wall with the ball and like rolling it and like throwing it back and forth from the wardrobe, he is too chill. Danny is too chill to have just discovered a person living inside the walls of his new home. Danny should have run screaming from that room. I don't know what's like, going on. The girl
0: rolls the ball to him. Lovely. Mm-hmm. He rolls the ball back. She then pegs it at his head.
1: <laughs> like I'm sorry. But like, I mean, I don't think. I think she was just like like throw, and catch. But I like, don't but think you she know, was going for the kill yeah, shot. But
0: you know what I mean? Like it goes from like roll it this way, mm-hmm. roll it
1: that way. Yeah, no. <laughs> you
0: know, like it. It went from zero to one. It's not like she gently lobbed it at him or
1: something. Like it's not an underarm throw. No. It. <laughs> yeah. However, whatever. Danny was too chill. Danny should have freaked out a lot more. I don't understand how that child was so relaxed in that situation. Anyway, moving on. The only other thing I wanted to talk about is the tires. Mm -hmm. How do Sam and Dean drive away at the end of the episode? Because all the tires were slashed. And And if you don't have have a spare, spare, you'll
0: only have one. Yeah. So, I was also very confused about that. Did they, like, just drive out
1: to a tyre shop and buy some but tires? with what? How would they have driven? Like, how? Yeah. So, and I'm like, even if they gave also, them the other spare from their it's car, implied that they're
0: leaving pretty soon. Like, it's the morning and they're leaving. Like, yeah. It's not like it's the next afternoon or something. Walked and they
1: to and from, from the fucking yeah. super cheap auto or whatever with... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I was like, how? With what tyres? Did they just Find them around the property like wh- anyway it's it's largely irrelevant to the plot but it did piss me off yeah. because i was like the whole point was that you guys couldn't leave the property because all of your tires were slashed that was a significant plot point and, and like th- all of the tires were sm- slashed all of them and there was yeah. only three
0: vehicles so one spare tire each Here's and one thing, was if, a truck yeah if two of the tires were smashed maybe you could think oh maybe they're like spares yeah spare tire from that one there yeah but no,
1: I was, like, this, like, I know, and I've just, I've said it, like, ten minutes ago, I'm not good at maths. However, <laughs> I'm pretty sure... Four tyres one plus one means zero tyres,
0: and then you get one spare tyre. You cannot drive on one tyre.
1: Exactly, right? And so, and, they they show Dean, like, fixing the tire like you see him like with the crank but with a
0: slash tire like how? that you can't
1: fix like that's exactly. not how it works so like they show that they have been fixed but I'm like how the fuck D- did you call the RAA Like, it, but also if you called the
0: RAA then there's a record of that and then when the cops come which is what they've been yeah, they're trying to to get away. yeah exactly and exactly. that uh, they have to leave before the cops arrive because mm-hmm. of course like they
1: can't and also the boys are not gonna have RAA roadside assist like, they're not going to have that.
0: And, like, it's not like the tires were just stabbed. They were slashed. Like, it it's is not like, like a, a good 10-centimeter yeah, gash in every tire. You like, can't
1: just patch them. No. Anyway, this was largely irrelevant, but it was annoying because they made it a massive plot point and then they just completely disregarded it, mm-hmm. like, 20 minutes later. So there's not really a lot to say, but I did want to point it out. And now we can move on. Okay. Because you told me, before we started recording, that you wanted to talk about character stuff Which is thrilling for me. I just don't want to talk about characters. You said you wanted to talk about Sam and Dean. They're characters, Jamie. I read between the lines. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, maybe I get you
0: excited for nothing. This is not
1: character analysis. But you did also say you wanted to talk about plot stuff and what you think might be coming. And I am so excited about that. So please, by all means, take the reins. Okay,
0: so first up, Sam and Dean specifically related. I did love at the start of this episode... That they showed them sleeping in the car. Because for two people with no money, they stay in motels a lot. Yeah. Like, a lot of, like, I don't know how they afford to stay in motels every night. Even if they're picking the cheapest motel in every city.
1: Yeah, it's the credit card fraud.
0: Yeah. But also, they're not spending a lot of time on credit card fraud, so I'm assuming they're not earning that much money from credit card fraud.
1: That's just one of those things that I think they yeah. ask the audience to assume is happening in the background. So there's credit card fraud, mm-hmm. and also every now and again we get to see um hustling, they go pool to a hustling and pool, yeah. and like that kind of that kind of thing. So we assume that that's where they're getting their income. Otherwise, Bobby is just transferring them, yeah, <laughs> like a couple hundred bucks every week.
0: But I do like that they showed us like Sam is sleeping in the car, and like they're. Like they do actually live like on the road and that is something that they would be doing. They would be sleeping in the car because it's not financially feasible to stay in a motel room.
1: Yeah, or like where they every single
0: goddamn night of the week.
1: Like Or where they are, like they haven't there isn't an option to sleep in a motel. Like Yeah. No, I liked it too. I like that there's the I think that sometimes like what happens in, in shows like this is the kind of lifestyle that's very glorified. Yeah. And it's like, you forget about, like, the reality of what, how difficult it would actually be it's to get like, yeah, okay. on the road. Like, think about what you can fit in a car. Yeah. And ha- their entire boot, by the way, is taken up with Arsenal. So where yeah. the fuck are they keeping their clothes? Like, in the footwell. In the yeah. back seat, probably. Because we see their back seat; it's always empty. So it's got to be in the footwell. So that, what, they can fit, like, one bag each? Yeah. Like, if you have to think about it practically for more than like ten seconds, you know it's it's suddenly like a lot less glorified and yeah. a lot more just sort of shit. But yeah, so I did like that they um
0: they specifically showed like Sam sleeping in the car because like yeah that is something that they would have to do and like yeah up until this point it's like they've been every time we've seen them sleeping it's in like a motel
1: mm-hmm. yeah or a Bobby's or
0: or a Bobby's yeah. or whatever. Thinking about the clothing situation, I have a feeling, because obviously we don't actually see them like repeat wear items a lot, which is really weird considering. Other than
1: John's jacket. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I reckon they just have like a wardrobe each at Bobby's.
1: And like each time
0: they're in that general direction, like they pop in and they just like change over whatever. Like they've got like yeah. maybe four shirts and a couple of pairs of jeans. Yeah. In the car. Uh-huh. And they just like each time they're at Bobby's, they just like swap, they swap over. over.
1: So you yeah. think that they're just dropping off their laundry at Bobby's? <laughs> Yeah, basically. Oh, I kind of love that. It's like, like, they stop in for half a day, they do all of their laundry. Yeah. And then they fuck off again. And then they fuck off again. Yeah. yeah. What it is, ultimately, is TV magic. Plop, plop, plop. Convenience, convenience, convenience. You're, You're watching, watching Supernatural. Supernatural. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's TV magic. And yeah. I fully understand that. But if you think about the actual implications, like the real-life yeah. implications, for more than a minute...
0: And that's what I liked about the opening scene, is that you get some of the implications. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, yeah. I I like it as well. Yeah. I also, in that opening scene, quite like that we get the information that, first of all, we've had a month time skip because Sam says we've been running cases back to back for a month, basically. And we also get Sam calling Dean out on the fact that he's basically using hunting as like an evasion tactic. Like, he doesn't want to think about what's going on. He doesn't want to think about his time in hell. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to deal with it emotionally. So he's just going to throw himself into hunting. And this is
0: the, the jonification Johnification of dean, of dean winchester.
1: winchester yeah so it's very it's different to the I Johnification really should copy or write the fucking phrase the jonification <laughs> of.
0: like it's been surprisingly relevant okay yeah but that that was all I wanted to talk about the first scene mm-hmm. and then i figured we needed to talk about the end scene because we get some more
1: demon lore right in the middle uh there is oh. a quick line that i very quickly t- okay. want to touch on before yeah. we skip straight over it. yeah sam and Dean are watching the family. They realize that they've come back to the house instead of staying in the hotel. And they're like, oh, fuck, like, now what are we going to do? And Sam says, we could tell them the truth. And Dean goes, really? And Sam goes, no. And I was like, God, isn't that a switch up from season one? Do you remember in Home? And Sam's like, well, we're just going to tell them the truth. And Dean's like, no, we can't fucking do that, Sam. And Sam's like, why not? Because he's like. Even in bugs. Yeah. In, like, it was very much a very prominent thing for Sam. Until Night Shifter. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very prominent for Sam and his sort of take on things. It was like, no, we, we tell them the truth. And it. I thought it was just interesting to see sort of how far Sam has come in this, like, four-season span of where, like, three seasons ago, he would have been like, no, we tell them the truth, dead serious. And Dave yeah. would have had to argue with him about yeah. why that's a bad idea. And so, again, not a huge point, but I did just want to, like, touch on mm-hmm. it very briefly because it's a huge flip for his character that has sort of been – That's I not suppose, a recent one. No, but, like, yeah. it's, it's a very direct parallel, I guess, to, like, because it's almost the exact line for line conversation that we've seen them have in, like, yeah. season one. Anyway, please carry
0: on. So, yeah, so we get at the end a little bit more about Dean and his time in hell and how, by the end, he was enjoying torturing people. And all I can say is that just makes me miss my
1: girl Meg. She enjoyed torturing people so much. Are you telling me that you watched this moment where Dean <laughs> yeah. is bearing his soul and being like, Sam, not only did I torture people for ten years, but also I liked it. And you were like, oh god, this makes me miss Meg. Yeah. Like, that's what you were thinking
0: about? She's tortured people for who knows how many fucking centuries. And she enjoyed every goddamn minute of it. And I just miss her so much. <laughs> I mean, I guess.
1: Like, I can't believe this is. Was... I Look, you're not wrong. I'm not going to argue with you. I also miss Meg. Uh, I think you're very valid in missing Meg. I... Don't know why I'm surprised, honestly, that this is where you went.
0: Though so, um, it does give us some more insight into Demon War. Like, if even Dean, by the end of it, was enjoying torturing people, like it makes a lot more sense why they've all got that like sort of very blase attitude about torturing people,
1: and like they get that yeah. enjoyment, and like Lilith's enjoyment of like torturing people by pretending to be a creepy young girl. Yeah, it's relatively sadistic. Yeah, which like, is not surprising given that they are demons. Did you have anything that you wanted to touch on that was actually regarding Dean in that scenario?
0: Or just... I will say, though, that this just gives me more, like, you know how, like, I think it was, like, fucking mid-season three, I was like, what if Dean does go to hell and becomes an actual demon? Like, that would be really fun. Like, I think it would be fun to see one of our protagonists as a demon. I think yeah. that's also coupled with uh, Sam secretly being king of hell.
1: Yeah, like, and they were, and like, like <laughs> evading each other. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I remember this discussion. Um, so
0: I still think that would be very fun, but like it just it like it's like I was right, like yeah, they could have done that. Like Dean would have made a
1: fantastic demon. Yeah, I think fantastic Dean as a demon would be really interesting. I think just from like a character perspective, because it is kind of like what. Sorry, just thought you the, finish what you're gonna say. No, I was I was just gonna say like. Given uh in my time of dying and his yeah. whole thing about like not wanting to become the thing that he spent yeah. his life hunting, like that sort of like dynamic would just be really interesting from a character perspective. But yeah. please, what were you gonna say? You look like he had a, a
0: had a moment. Yeah. So Dean's basically already started the process of becoming a demon, right? I guess in That's, theory, yeah. He's like he's gone to like, hell and he's, he's, gone, he's gone to hell and he's, and he's started torturing. Yeah. Like he was clearly put on the demon making trap. Like yeah. Like if he was specializing in high school, he specialized in becoming a demon. Like He didn't choose that. The the counselor
1: chose it for him. Yeah. And this is also Alistair, remember, who Ruby described as Picasso with a knife. Yes. So, yeah. What if...
0: I don't think this is where they're going with it. What if he's already started becoming a demon, and now that he's started becoming a demon, even Cass saving him from hell can't stop that process?
1: Oh. Yeah. Wait, do you... Just to be very clear on this, so do you think that he is currently, like, just as he lives on Earth, becoming more demonified? Not, do you think he would have to then go back not, to Hell? I don't think this is what's actually happening, to okay, be clear. but within but, your theory. But
0: within my theory, I think just being on, like, being in Hell for that long. Yeah. Now that he's back on Earth, like, he's, like, slowly becoming more and more, like, and then maybe when he actually dies, that's when he becomes, like, a full demon. Oh,
1: interesting. Yeah. Okay. And,
0: like. Obviously, this is not where I think they're going with it. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I think it would be really fun if, like, yeah, like, the process has already started, but now that it's
1: started, it can't be reversed. So, like, it's what like, if he died? He'd just be, like, an insta-demon? Yeah. That would, okay, that would be cool, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, he's already on the process, and, like,
0: he's getting more and more demonic, like, and the longer he lives, the more demonic he will Like, get. he's, like,
1: sort of already tainted, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's
0: kind of like with Sam. Like, Sam's already got, like, the demon blood in him. Uh-huh there is no way to, like, reverse that. Like, no. it's, it's an irreversible change caused by hell. Mm-hmm. Like, what if Dean has an irreversible change caused by hell caused by being there for so long? Yeah. Because obviously there is something about the atmosphere and the environment of hell that starts the process of humans becoming demons. What if, once that process is started, once you start becoming a demon, there is no way to go back from that? Even being rescued from hell... Because, like, demons leave hell all the time. That's a good point. And it doesn't make them not demons just because they're not in hell. Like, what if even with Castiel saving him from hell, the demonic mark on Dean's soul, because presumably it wasn't his body that was in hell, it was his soul.
1: Yes, yeah. What if the demonic
0: mark on Dean's soul of being in hell for that long, especially because he obviously had started the process by starting to torture people. Yeah. What if that is something that you can't remove, you can't go back on, and it's sort of like the process is still happening? And like every time, like this episode, he shoots someone who
1: is functionally innocent. Yeah. Like, okay, they. Yeah, actually, I want to talk, touch on the morality of this a little bit, but I want to I, I say.
0: I first. say functionally innocent because, sorry, we'll discuss that later, but because they are the victims in this situation. Yes. Okay, yes, yes, they are doing horrific things. But they are also the victims. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, he kills
1: them. Yeah.
0: They're not innocent, but they're also not guilty. Like okay. like that's probably an a, a more like it's a very nuanced thing, but like and like every time like he kills a monster who's, you know, happens to be pe like if he killed like Lenore and that and, and going um, back to yeah. the, the the vampires that were peaceful. Like yeah. every time, like, or say like he accidentally, like, through his actions, someone else gets killed. But if every time, like, he causes pain and suffering, or the death of someone innocent, like, it's just contributing more
1: and more to, like,
0: the demonic
1: change that's happening. Okay. I kind of love... This is really funny, so I just want to, like, run it by you. I love this idea that, like, so essentially Dean is, like, accruing demon points (laughs) through, like, unjust actions yeah. right through his life and so he's like the the more he does the like more demon yeah. points he gets and then eventually if he dies he would just immediately be demonified yeah. i think that's very fun i also think it's funny it's that like
0: fucking your learners like your driver's license yes. learners. you have to do a certain amount of like hours so driving it's, it's
1: almost like it's almost like demerit points yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i i kind of love that i think that's very fun but i also kind of love because you've talked about like the demonification of Sam as well. I just think it's so funny. Like, what if they got to a point where they both get killed and, like, whoever kills them is like, ah, ha, ha, we won. And then both of them just wake up as demons. Good lord. I That would just be something else. And then it's just, like, the demon bros. Yeah, Like, I... God, Ruby would have a field day. Meg would have a field day. Cass would have an aneurysm, I think. <laughs> but... No, that's a very, that's a very fun theory.
0: Yeah. Um, to be clear, this is not at all
1: what I think so is mean. This is, I, this is I fun think, supernatural yeah. that lives in Jamie. I head. think
0: for actual, like, story and plot purposes, when Dean was saved,
1: Eddie, just, like... like wiped
0: clean, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, like he, he actually did the, the full job. Like, he didn't just, like, go in the, like, it was like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, though, to be fair, he did leave Dean to dig himself out of <laughs> his own grave, But, like, he healed his body, so I'm assuming he also healed Anything on his soul? Yeah, like sure. any like black marks against his soul. He also
1: yeah purified yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I want to talk about morality a little bit because we got an interesting yeah take from both Sam and Dean in this episode regarding the two kids. They don't get names, but no. the two children who've been living in the world—they probably never actually
0: got whether named. they ever were named. Yeah. is it? Yeah.
1: So based on everything else we know about Fuckface McGee, I doubt it. Yeah, exactly. So. Sam says, like, I get it, her life's been hell, but that doesn't mean she gets a free pass for a murder spree. And then Dean comes back with, like, oh, like, you know what hell's like. And then that kind of instigates the later conversation that we just sort of covered where Dean's like, you don't know what but being hell is. you. i argue that it's not a
0: murder spree, really. Like, yeah, they it's... kill their abuser. Yeah. And they kill the uncle and the dog. And they are the three people in this episode who die.
1: Yeah. Well, and then, of course, the
0: two children that never get named
1: yeah the thing that i want to talk about is the fact that like you said before they're the victims here Mm -hmm. so what is interesting to me and we talked about this in quite extensively from memory in 219 false and Prison boys where sam and dean have a very different idea of morality and a different idea of what makes a criminal or a victim we talked about this in the sense where sam was sort of removed himself from the criminals in the prison. He I'm said, not like that. Yeah, he, he put up a very distinct, like, us and them yeah. kind of barrier. Whereas Dean was, like, less so. He was much more like, no, no, like, we're One way more, more similar yeah. to these guys than we are to a general civilian, Yeah, you know. And I think that really shows here as well. Like, Sam is putting up a very hard and fast, like, but these guys are killers. And it's like, I mean, yeah, but same, bro. And also, like these, not saying me, saying them. I am not a killer. <laughs> Full disclaimer. <laughs> but essentially, he is saying, you know, well, they're going on this murder spree, or just, you know, at the time she's going on this murder spree. As you point out, not really. Like they kill their abuser, which I'm fuckface McGee, fuckface McGee. and he look, deserved it. He had it coming. Exactly. I'm sorry. I, I again, I feel zero sympathy for fuckface McGee. Oh yeah, same. I would argue killing a dog, do not love that. No. Right? But essentially what it comes down to is these are two heavily traumatized, abused people who are scared and who are defending their territory, essentially. You could argue that it's self-defense. Exactly. Because they don't know. You could know. certainly argue for self-defense
0: against Fuckface McGee. Uh-huh. Not against Buster, I Buster. But even like the uncle, you could argue self-defense. They're essentially here are these invading their territory. People in their house—they've never known anything else. They haven't met any other people. They don't know the only
1: people they have ever interacted with are people who have abused them. Yeah, or like their mother. But again, we don't know where, she, like, at what point she died. Yeah, and so it's it's absolutely bizarre to me that yeah Sam could just be like, well, they're evil and they deserve to die because Sam is often painted as like a more compassionate. Yeah character but then I would actually argue that a lot of the time Dean ends up being more compassionate to this type of individual who it's it's more nuanced than just simple black and white they're good or they're bad and he actually says to Sam later on in the episode you know well they were just scared like they didn't know any better or I don't I didn't write the exact quote Mm. down but something to that effect Mm. and I just wanted to touch on that because I do think it's important that we acknowledge in this episode that the people who are committing the tragedies yeah, have also had such significant tragedies committed against them, and it is not a black and white. Honestly, Sam and Dean have more in common with the two children than they do with the family. Yeah. Yeah, quite genuinely, you could argue that. Two children, abused
0: by a father figure. No, literally the father, actually, because fuckface is the dad. Yeah. Two children, abused by their father, cut off from the rest of the world.
1: Yeah, dead mother, dead mother, forced to raise each other, do atrocious things to survive. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's it's a much more complex now going around and killing things uh, out of fear and self defense, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's a much more complex sort of topic that I think that the forty five minutes of an episode or just forty minutes of an episode really allows you to delve into. But I did think it was interesting as an ongoing character point that Sam was very much in the. Oh well, they're a killer they killed things, then they're evil. When it's kind of like Sam, okay, but you also kill things and But know, then again, Sam also does think, immediately go, I'm I'm evil, I've got Demon Blood. Like true. But anyway, I just I thought it was just interesting that they've again sort of reiterated this point where Dean is sort of taking the more compassionate stand of like, okay, but think about what they've been through. Think about the context surrounding the situation. And like, Sam's they're not just the, killing for the hell of it. Like they're not just Yeah. Like, and Sam's taken the sort of harsher, less nuanced take of like, okay, but they're killing innocent people, so they are therefore evil. And like he's not wrong, but I also think he's not entirely right. Anyway, that was just the the sort of morality discussion I wanted to Okay. Nothing else, Dad? No, not on that. Okay. So now everything else I have
0: to say after this point has nothing to do with the episode, just to be clear. Nothing else about the episode that you would like
1: to contribute. Oh, we had a very fun Scooby Doo reference. We did have Uh, a fun Scooby Doo. Unimportant, but I wanted to point it out. Oh, the bit where she eats the rat, was can't do, sorry, disgusting. Oh, and I did want to touch on that we got an interesting flip on, again, like a a previous season Sam thing where he had that whole mentality of like, the more people I save, I can prove that I am good good and that I am not, you know, evil. And in this episode, we had a lot of Dean, you know, specifying like, I'm not going to let anyone die and I've got to save these people for almost as like a penance because so, he's riddled with guilt. Yes. So it's instead of Sam trying to like stave
0: off instead know, of it being Sam like I must save people now in case I commit atrocities in the future.
1: Yeah, Dean's, Dean's like, like I
0: committed atrocities in the past, so therefore I must save people
1: now. Yes, exactly. And I thought it was a really interesting flip, and so I thought that was probably worth mentioning as well. This is not going to be the last time we talk about Dean's hell experience. And I assume we will continue to talk about it in later episodes, so I'm happy to leave it there for the moment and we can come back to it a later day. One other thing? Okay, before before I completely derail (laughs) the conversation? Yeah, again, coming back to something we talked about in earlier seasons, a lot and we've sort of followed through the series. This is actually the first instance we get, or not the first, but one of the very few instances we get of Dean rejecting food. At the very end of the episode, when he's about to talk to Sam about his experience in hell, he looks at the burger and he sort of turns his nose up at it, he folds it up and he puts it down. To the point, like, this is obviously weird because we've picked up on it. This is a very out of character thing for him. But also Sam picks up on it because that's what instigates him to be like, are you okay? Yeah. And it's not just like, you know, if you're the kind of person who, like, are not always eating all the food always available, that might not be something that you would pick Mm -hmm. up on and be like, oh, that's weird. But yes, it's very specific that, like, Dean will always, always eat if there is food that is edible available to him. Yeah. And In this instance, he fully just puts it down completely. He doesn't even take a bite and then change his mind. He doesn't even he doesn't even do that. Yeah. So super relevant, obviously, because he's in a, like a point of emotional turmoil. He's about to like he's yeah. clearly got stuff on his mind. Yeah. And also, eating is like vulnerability. Like if yes. like if you're eating, you're eating because you're comfortable. You
0: have to feel safe. Yeah. And like that's the remarkable thing about Dean is he he's always eating. Like he always makes himself feel safe enough to eat because mm-hmm. he understands that he doesn't necessarily have an opportunity later on. Yeah. When he will feel safe enough to eat, to eat. So the fact that just having this conversation makes him feel so unsafe that he can't eat. Or
1: whatever is weighing on his mind yeah. is such, a, so impactful to him yeah. that he doesn't feel like he can eat, even though, like, making sure that he eats and he's going to have food is like one of his top priorities at all times. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a very significant. Like, it, it's a blink and you'll miss it kind of choice, but it actually, as an overarching look at his character, is heavily, heavily significant. So I just wanted to make sure we didn't miss it. Because it is, I think, only the second or third time we've seen him fully reject food. The first time, I think, being when uh, Sam is dead and Bobby brings him the chicken. The second being when he sniffs a pizza, I think, at the beginning of season four, and he, like, tosses it aside because the pizza's clearly bad. Yeah. So, like, we've literally only ever seen him so upset he can't eat yeah. once and that's when Sam is literally rotting in another room. Mm. So, it's pretty it's pretty significant for him to turn down food. Okay. I'm ready to completely derail all of that if you're ready for me to. I am so ready to be derailed.
0: Okay. So, you know my theory. Which one? That, that the tricks is an angel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, I'm highly aware. You, you won't let me have peace. <laughs> okay. I had a very fun thought about this theory. Oh, how, from this episode? No, I was oh, okay. just generally like, <laughs> I was
1: gonna say. Like, I saw someone one, post. But...
0: I saw someone tweet something about how Cass is like Dean's guardian angel, uh-huh. and I was like, what if the is an angel, right? And he sure. was originally sent to be the one who's fucking watching over the Winchesters to make sure like Sam doesn't do anything stupid, to make sure Dean stays alive so he can save the world or whatever the fucking shit they want him for,
1: okay. right?
0: And then he was just like, nah, fuck it. Like, he messed it, like, he tried to help them, and then after Mystery Split, sh- well, he was like, yeah, nah, fuck this shit. Like, I'm out. And that's when Cass had to take over.
1: I. <laughs> this theory is gonna plague me. I swear to God. I do love the idea that the trickster was supposed to be in charge of Samadine, and then he just got to a point where he was like, nah, fuck these guys. I. <laughs>
0: someone else's
1: fucking problem I love that he then made it Cass's problem under this theory that's very fun also I guess under your theory they're literally siblings and I think that's very funny because then it's just like throwing your sibling under the bus which is fun
0: (laughs) he was just like these dudes are assholes like I'm out
1: (laughs) like he was probably so like
0: so defeated like I fucking try to teach these guys a lesson like I killed Dean 200 times yeah and fucking nothing happens Sam didn't learn his fucking lesson like they're These guys are fucking idiots. Like, I'm not dealing with this bullshit anymore. They don't seem to be understanding anything that I'm trying to teach them.
1: Do you know what's really funny about this whole concept that you've got going? Is there's actually quite a significant chunk of, like, Sam trickster fanfic, like, shipping, that you've gone down this angle of, like, Dean and Cass and Sam and the trickster. I just, I do think it's, I do think it's very entertaining. Did you have anything else that regarding that or anything else that you wanted to touch on next i'm all done
0: for the day i have said way too many words out of my mouth (laughs) okay
1: the next episode is called chris angel is a douchebag do you have any thoughts feelings predictions fears hopes dreams oh look i have hopes and i have
0: dreams i don't think i have predictions though does that make sense yeah i kind of want it to be like some sort of like street magician Oh, okay. Yeah? Like, yeah. so they're a street magician, right? Uh-huh. And they're accidentally performing magic. I did forget to
1: ask you, what would you rate this week's episode? You did.
0: I'm going to give it a three out of five.
1: Yeah. That's it, was fine. it was fine. You said earlier that it was relatively forgettable. I, I think that the twist that make that you have, like, it's the the people, not, like, yeah. some kind of monster, does make it a little more memorable. But I think overall, the episode itself is kind of like, eh, it's fine. Honestly, like, I compared this one to, like, the benders. Like, I mean, yeah, it's the equivalent. I prefer vendors. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you wanted to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on any of our social media. we have got a Tumblr, Twitter, Discord, TikTok, the whole kit and caboodle. So hit us up any way you like. It's all now in links underneath. Yeah, it's now in the episode description. It only took us 18 months to do that. <laughs> Potential topics for discussion can include, I don't even remember what we talked about, the first half of the What well, you would write in your resignation
0: letter if you were the trickster assigned to watch over the Winchesters? You know what? I don't think we need anything else. I think that's enough. Just write me a resignation. Go. If you're the trickster, you're a guardian angel assigned to the Winchesters, and these fucking idiots are just not getting it, how do you write a letter
1: that's basically not like, nah, fuck this, I quit? Who are you addressing it to? God? Like. <laughs> Alright. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed, and hopefully we have you back again next week. Bye. Bye.